Okay, back to podcast. Sunday evening podcast. And um, I hope and trust you've had a good day in the Lord. He is, uh, He's been so good to us. And I'm thankful for uh, this morning and our service. And I, for this cause, I bow my knees. And um, thank God we've got a, a prayer life and an access in. And a God that we can pray to. Um, going to John 7 this evening, John chapter number 7, working our way uh, pretty good through John and uh, dealing with uh, the Lord and his brothers, his brothers, the Bible speaks of his earthly brethren and, and of course he's got the brethren, the Jews, uh, you see that referred to some. But Jesus had earthly brothers, like physical brothers. Um, of course, not from the father's side, but Mary was not a perpetual virgin. Um, that's the Catholics obviously teaching a virgin Mary. She is not the virgin Mary. Please, please, you're, you're, you're not a Catholic. You're not. I don't think you are. You're, you're a Bible-believing Baptist. Please don't be caught calling her the Virgin Mary. She's Mary. She's Mary. She's Mary, the mother of Jesus. can term her that if you would like um, to differentiate her from <clears throat> Mary Magdalene, Mary of Bethany. Um, but she is not the Virgin Mary. She was a virgin when he was born, but she was not a perpetual virgin. She had other children, and when she had other children, they were not virgin born. Okay? The Bible is clear on that subject matter. Hence, not, as the new versions call him, only one and only son um, of God. And that's not true because I'm a son of God. It's the only begotten son. The term begotten means one of a kind, the only one of that kind. And what that would mean was would be that Jesus was the only one that was born, um, only son of God that was born of a virgin, and uh, that God was the direct uh, bloodline of, of, of himself. So just, just some clarity there on that. But some of the Lord's brothers, uh, earthly brothers, did not believe in. They did not believe he was the Messiah at first. And um, eventually they, they come around and are saved, uh, we believe. But initially on earth, they, they looked at him as their brother. That was it. And some of this Messiah claim seemed to be far-fetched to them. So let's look in John 7, verse number 1. After these things, Jesus walked in Galilee. Okay? So he performed or accomplished many miracles in Galilee, for he would not walk in Jewry because the Jews sought to kill him. So not very, or not very deep into his ministry. It's only seven chapters into John. And the pressure is mounting heavily to to kill Jesus, to be done away with him, to crucify him, or to 
um, take him out by by you know one one method or another. Uh, now the Jews' feast of the tabernacles was at hand, so there's a feast at hand, the feast of the tabernacles. Um, his brethren therefore said unto him, Depart hence and go into Judea, that thy disciples may also see thee the works that thou doest. For is there no there is no man that doeth anything in secret, and he himself seeketh to be known openly. Thou do these things, show thyself to the world. So here they are. They they're not believing uh, what he is he's teaching. They're not believing in in how he's going about it. They don't really believe necessarily he's the Messiah. And even so, they uh, they don't like his method. They don't like the way he's going about all of this. They're saying, look, if, if you're him, if you're doing all these things, then it should be known. You should broadcast it. Um. Well, I like people today when everything broadcasted. I, I was, so you know, I I know it's probably old fashioned and social. Everything don't have to be said. Everything doesn't have to be broadcasted. Everything doesn't have to be talked about. I I appreciate people that just that it's almost attention seeking. A lot of people are very very much attention seekers. And social media has just made it worse uh, to give folks platforms to try to to seek attention. I was, I was, uh, and I, I wouldn't call the name, and probably maybe shouldn't even fill it in my. But I, I was just, you know, I, the brother he was doing something good, but it was a it was a picture that obviously somebody had taken of him. It looked like. It looked like it, it was almost as if to say, hey, take this picture while I'm doing this so we can publish it, so we can broadcast it. Folks, God has a way of revealing things. God has a way of working his will out. He has a way of letting known what needs to be known without us trying to promote and publish and broadcast everything ourselves. And uh, let God work, but these these brothers that don't necessarily believe in Him uh, say, "Why? Why are you doing this in secret? No man doth this stuff in secret." And so, verse five says, "For neither did his brethren believe in Him." The brothers that they didn't believe in Him. They're saying, "If you're really who you say you are, if you're really the Messiah, because we just think you're our brother, if you're really who you say you are, then let it be known." Quit doing everything in secret. And uh, God God reveals what he wants to reveal. He promotes who he wants to promote. He does as he desires to do it without us having to always push uh, agendas in our own efforts. Let God do it. Verse 6, Then Jesus said unto them, My time is not yet come. But your time, I, just let me go back. A second, just one second, and, I, and I'll get off the hobby horse, I promise. But, you know, social media has just gotten prevalent in the past, uh, you know, for really 10 to 15 years. Um, I remember when Facebook and what was that other one, uh, FacePage, MySpace, whatever, your MySpace. Uh, I remember when this stuff was coming out, and... I'd never heard of it. It was probably 
uh, it was after I moved back here before I ever had a, a Facebook page or anything like that. And obviously, I'm not totally against it uh, because I have it, but I'm against how it's used in our day. It's it's on it's on it's a we got a, a voyeuristic a pick me see me uh, look at me society, and it's just made it worse. And now we've got generations that have that have come up on it and, and it's just made it worse let alone the fact that the devil's used it to um to corrupt people and corrupt minds and so just be careful be careful of it look at our motives i talked to you on wednesday night about motivation at the judgment seat and what our motivations should be and how our motivations will be revealed at the judgment seat and um and just just check our hearts. Always check your hearts. Examine yourself. Verse number six. Then Jesus said unto them, My time is not yet come, but your time is always ready. Jesus said, It's not time for me to reveal who I am. And he says, The world cannot hate you, but me it hateth, because I testify of it, that the works thereof are evil. Go ye up into the feast. I go not up yet unto this feast, for my time is not yet full come. When he had said these words unto them, he abode still in Galilee. A lot of lesson there, a lot of lesson. Number one, uh, you just, you, Jesus is not into self-promotion. He is not into uh, pushing himself before it's time. You, you learn to operate and work on God's time. And um, he is revealing that to them. He said, I don't, I don't have to have the need or the show. I don't have to have the... Uh, the propaganda, and he says, "Y'all go to y'all go to the feast if you want. I'm not going. It's not my time." <clears throat> but anyway, let's see what happens. But when his brethren were gone up, then he went also up into the feast. So he didn't go in with them, but he does end up going. Why would he do that? Because it was his custom. He he was a Jew. He was following the law of the Jew. I just like how he wasn't giving in to their pressure. Now that's something there. As a pastor, I, I can appreciate that. I can, I can appreciate that very much. People have subtle ways of, of applying pressure, uh, getting what they want, getting you know their desires pushed or what have you. And and there can be something said for an individual that doesn't cave to pressure. Now, people that like like to have things their way. That doesn't always suit well with them. But Jesus ends up going to the Feast of the Tabernacles. He doesn't. He just doesn't give in to the pressure of his brethren to go with them. Verse number uh, 19. But when his brethren were gone up, then he else up into the feast, not openly, but as it were in secret. <clears throat> then the Jews sought him at the feast and said, Where is he? And there was much murmuring among the people concerning him. For some said, He is a good man. Others said, Nay, but he deceiveth the people. Albeit no man spake openly of him for fear of the Jews. So there's there's debate. There's murmuring about who and what Jesus is. Now about the midst of the feast, Jesus went up into the temple and he taught. So that, that was his custom. Jesus was more concerned about... In the middle of all this show, in the middle of all this program, in the middle of all this 
uh, promotion. He just wants to teach. He just... I, that's how I feel. I can relate. I'm not I'm not Jesus by no stretch of the imagination, but I can relate to how he feels in this. I don't I don't need the I don't need the social aspect of preacherhood. I don't need to be recognized as minister of the month. I don't need um you know the community I, I I need to teach and preach the Bible and I need to pray and I need to walk with God. And I need to hear from heaven and I need to enrich my soul with his word. And I need to, uh, to feed, take the word of God to feed myself so I can in turn go and feed you. That's what Jesus is teaching here. Okay. So in the midst of all of this, verse 14, he goes up into the temple and he teaches and taught. Verse 15, and the Jews marveled, saying, How knoweth this man letters, having never learned? Jesus answered them and said, My doctrine is not mine. But his that sent me, I say amen to that. Doctrine is not Sean Brigman's doctrine. It's not Sean Brigman's perspective. I remember one time, years and years ago now, a fella had come and, uh, you know, it's always just, you know, come here, a new preacher preach and come here. The preacher. And he, he left and uh, he shook my hand. He said, I always appreciate your perspective. It, I'm sorry. It's not my perspective. It's, it's, it's the word of God, and I'm just delivering it. So it's not my perspective. And so the Bible says here, um, he, he, Jesus says, My doctrine is not mine, but his that sent me. If any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. He that speaketh of himself seeketh his own glory, but he that seeketh his glory that sent him, the same is true, and no unrighteousness is in him. Did not Moses give you the law, and yet none of you keepeth the law? Why go ye about to kill me? Then answered and said, Thou hast a devil who goeth about to kill thee. Jesus answered and said unto them, I have done one work, and ye all marvel. Moses therefore gave unto you circumcision, not because it is of Moses, but of the fathers. And ye on the Sabbath day circumcise a man. If a man on the Sabbath day receive circumcision, that the law of Moses should not be broken, are ye angry at me because I have made a man every whit whole on the Sabbath day? Judge not according to the appearance, but judge righteous judgment. Boy, there's a mouthful there. He, he, he basically calls them on their hypocrisy. They they want to stone him, remember. This goes back to John 5 when he uh, when he healed the man on the Sabbath day. And he's saying, look, you circumcise on the Sabbath day. You're being a hypocrite. Well, you can circumcise, but you don't want me changing somebody's life forever. He said, you know, he's, he's calling them hypocrites in this instance. Then said one of them, them of Jerusalem is not this he whom they seek to kill so they're picking up on it now they probably know by his answers Jesus's answers always confounded them and so they pick up on who they're dealing with when he answers them in the manner that he does where he's not willing to cave and he's not really intimidated by them and so <clears throat> but love he's speaking boldly you see they they it's it's always a problem with the boldness of what he's saying. And they say nothing to him. Do the rulers know indeed 
that this is the very Christ. Howbeit we know this man whence he is, but when Christ cometh, no man knoweth whence he is. Then cried Jesus in the temple as he taught, saying, Ye both know me, and ye know whence I am, and I am not come of myself, but he that sent me is true, whom ye know not, but I know him, for I am from him, and he has sent me. Whoa. He doesn't just say this, he cries this. He speaks this in a loud manner. He says, you know exactly who I am, and you know who sent me. And he says it right there in the middle of the temple, this boldness that Jesus carried. That Bible says that the righteous are bold as a lion. And that's my desire. I don't. I don't, like I told you before, I don't. I don't believe in rough or rough or mean preaching, but I do believe in bold preaching. Jesus was a bold preacher. He did not back down to the will and the whims of man, and neither should we. Then they sought to take him because no man laid hands on him because his hour was not yet come. So they went after him, but it's not time, so it didn't happen. Many of the people believed on him and said, When Christ cometh, will he do more miracles than these which this man hath done? So they're starting to believe in him. And they're saying, look, he's committing, he, he's accomplishing miracles like crazy. And so the Pharisees heard that the people murmured such things concerning him and the Pharisees and the chief priests and officers to take him. So it's, it's ramping up here. They're desiring to arrest him. Then said Jesus unto them, Yet a little while am I with you, and then I go unto him that sent me. Ye shall seek me, and ye shall not find me, and where I am thither ye cannot come. So he's saying, look, he said, I'm just going to be here a little while. I'm checking out. You're going to look for me then, and you're not going to be able to find me. Then said the Jews among themselves, Whither will we go, and what shall we not find him? Will he go unto the dispersed among the Gentiles and teach the Gentiles? What manner of saying is this, that he said, well, You shall seek me and shall not find me? And where I am, thither you cannot come. He, he stumps them with his talk and with his language. Now, verse 37. Verse 37, um, we've got this great day of the, the feast. And as he does, Jesus begins to give the prophecy of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit of God. And he uses water, okay? Um, in, in fact, this, this, is, this great day is the eighth day, okay? This is the great day of the feast. It's the eighth day of the Feast of the Tabernacles. And it, you'll find that in Leviticus 23:36, and or the last day. It lasted seven days. Now, this day or this great day was a Sabbath of great rejoicing. Okay, every day for the previous seven days, the priest passed through the streets with water out of the golden vessel from the pool of Siloam. And he poured the water on the altar while the people sang from Isaiah 12 and 3, with joy you shall draw water out of the wells of salvation. Now the water in this instance, it stands for two two different things. Number one, it stands for the fact that God had supplied the Israelites uh, their need for water in the wilderness, and he did. And then that God had promised that there would someday be rivers of water in the wilderness, a promise of spiritual blessings, okay? And then, of course, on the last day, which is the eighth day, the priests do not carry the water. 
And now this shows two things also, that they were in the land and they did not need the wilderness water. Number two, the spiritual blessings had not yet come, uh, but would. And that's where he gives this in verse 37. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. So it's beautiful, the timing of that. They have been at the Feast of the Tabernacle for seven days. Every day that, that priest has drawn water from the Pool of Siloam. The eighth day he does not, does not carry water. And that's when Jesus makes a proclamation. If you're thirsty, you come to me and you'll drink. Come to me and drink what I've got to give. What he's saying is, I am the end of the law. I am the fulfillment of the law. Seven complete days are done. This is the eighth day. The eighth day is the new beginning. The law is completed. The feast is completed. Now we turn over to an eighth day. That priest signifying the law does not have water. I've got water. You want water? You come to me. Much like he said to the woman at the well. The water of life. Just like we preached about last Sunday. Water from the wells of Bethlehem. Man, this book's so good. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. So that's, of course, the picture of the Holy Ghost. Okay, out of his belly. That means out of his heart, from the inside out. Coming from the inside out. Coming from his heart, coming from his inside, shall flow rivers of living water. Not a spring. Not a fountain, not a stream, not a trickle, but rivers, rivers, unstoppable, a powerful force of living waters, if you'll come to me. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they believe on him, should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. So he's, he's prophesying and speaking of the coming Holy Ghost. Verse 40, verse 40, this refers to the prophet. Many of the people, therefore, when they heard this, said of a truth, this is the prophet. So they believe that this is the fulfillment of Deuteronomy 18, prophecy of the coming prophet. And others said, this is the Christ. But some said, shall Christ come out of Galilee? Now they're troubled because they, they think he's out of Galilee. Or because he did come come out of it. Now, of course, he was born in Bethlehem, but he, he was raised there as he come out of Galilee. And hath not the scripture said that Christ cometh of the seed of David? And in, in Nazareth, and of course, Galilee being, being a portion of it, uh, the seed of David out of the town of Bethlehem where David was. So look at that. Out of the town of Bethlehem. That's Micah 5 2, and it's a prophecy. Of Christ coming from Bethlehem. All of this was prophesied. All of it was fulfilled. They would know the word of God. They would know the prophecies. They would know the law of God. And all of this is doing is, is lining up with what God said he was going to do. So there was a division among the people because of him. Look where the division is. It's in, it's in little small logistical details to them. Where's he from? Where did he come out of? They're looking beyond who and what he's demonstrating himself to be. That he is committing miracles. He's helping people. He's healing. He's against the religious establishment. 
So these Jews are just, they're just in awful shape trying to decide who he is. And then the Bible says, and some of them would have taken him, but no man laid hands on him. Why? Because there's a division. Nobody really knows what to do with him currently about this situation. Then came the officers to the chief priests and Pharisees. And they said unto him, Why have you not brought him? And the officers answered, Never a man spake like this man. Boy, that's the truth. Nobody's ever spake like this. Nobody's ever responded to us like this. Nobody's ever been this bold. Nobody has ever responded to our claims like this. Nobody's ever committed these. We don't know what to do with him. And I agree with that. Nobody's ever spake like him. Nobody's ever been like him. He is the greatest man, the greatest that's ever lived. Verse 47, Then answered them the Pharisees, Are ye also deceived? Have any of the rulers of the Pharisees believed on him? But this people who knoweth not the law are cursed. Nicodemus saith unto them, He that came to Jesus by night, being one of them, doth our law judge any man before it to hear him, and know what he doeth? They answered and said unto him, Art thou also Galilee? Search and look. For out of Galilee ariseth no prophet, and every man went into his own house. So there's a real raging debate right now over who and what Jesus is in our text. No different than today. Still that debate going on. Who is he? What's he to you? Is it true? Is he real? Did he resurrect? Is he coming back? And I can wholly testify of these things being so, being true, being real. Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Jesus Christ, the miracle king. And my favorite verse in all of this chapter, outside of Jesus saying, He that cometh to me, I'll give him... Uh, rivers of water flowing up out of his belly, and you'll never thirst, is this, this statement about him. No man ever spake like this man. Nobody ever spake like him. Nobody ever spoke with such authority and passion and compassion and boldness at the same time. Nobody ever spoke with such wisdom. Jesus Christ, my Savior, your Savior, if you're saved, and he takes away the sin of the world, and I, I thank God for him. I love him, and I thank him for saving me and giving us a grand day of worship. He is worthy to be loved. He's worthy to be worshipped. He's worthy to be adored. John chapter 7, good night. God bless. I love each of you. I will see you Wednesday.